Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Come on, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. So great to be in the house of the Lord this Sunday morning. We bless your name, Jesus. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, somebody look to your neighbor and just say, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Or you look at the wrong person, look to the other person and say, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. We're here to glorify the name of Jesus. Let's lift up a praise. Let's get ready to worship. Let's come with the anticipation of what God is getting ready to do in this place. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we put our hands together in this place? Everybody clap your hands. Hallelujah. Y'all still ain't clapping. Come on. Everybody clap your hands. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Whoa, what a forte. Of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of his spirit. Oh, I'm washed in his blood. Oh, that I can't.
transform you. Did he redeem you and cleanse you? Welcome you to Christ Center Church. I am here because we are about to have some good old prayer, okay? And I heard God this morning as I was praying, and I said, you know what? We're not going to focus on problems. He said we're going to focus. We're going to shift our focus, and we're going to focus on God this morning. There's a song that says it's called God Problems. So if you've got some God-sized problems, things that you can't handle, God can handle it, right? So I don't care what it is. I want you to get whatever that problem is. We're going we, we gonna to give it to God today. Amen? Come on, let's worship. God, you are sovereign. God, you are big. You are bigger than any situation. God, you are bigger than anything, Lord God. You are in complete control at every situation of every circumstance, Lord God. We give everything to you today, Lord God. We shift our focus, Lord God. No longer do we focus on the pain that we feel in our bodies, oh Lord, but we give it to you, Lord God. Every step we take is in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we give it to you. In the name of Jesus, no longer do we focus on the family that is chaotic, Lord God, the family that is out of control, Lord God, but we give it to you this morning, Lord. God, because we know that you are the only one who can get it under control, Lord Jesus. We shift our focus and we look to you, Lord God. No longer do we focus on that family member, that friend, Lord God, who needs salvation because we understand that your word says it's not that any man perish, Lord God. You want them saved more than we do, Lord God. Teach us, Lord God, how to see.
see not the problem, but a God that is bigger and can solve every situation, Lord God. We lift it up, Lord God. We lift, we get rid of every burden today, Lord God, and we give it to you, O Jesus, because you are a God who can solve every single problem. How many of us believe that today? Hallelujah. Let's lift up his name. God, you are great. Not praise me. God, you are worthy. God, you are big. God, we give it to you today, Lord God. God, we give it to you today, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, there is nothing you can do. Why don't we continue to just stand to our feet and worship the God who can solve every problem in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Chains will never break, but they 
today. Somebody's going to receive a miracle today. Somebody shout hallelujah. 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 Listen, the last time, the last time, hear me, the last time I ran around this church, this same very week, I got a, I got an actual text message of a miracle that happened in my family's life. 
I don't know about you, but if you feel a miracle that's going to happen in your life, I guarantee you, if you do something different today, praise him like how you never knew how you praised him before. If you have to run, if you have to scream, I promise you, a miracle can happen for you if you just obey the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout glory in this house. Hallelujah. Wow, in this atmosphere, we're here to worship the Lord. And we're going to give unto the Lord. Hallelujah. While we're standing, come on, just greet someone across from you and say, welcome to Christ in the church. Just say, thank you for coming. Just say, we're going to love on God's people right now. Hallelujah. Just greet them. Just greet them as we move the service forward. When you're finished, let's go back to our seat because I feel God is going to be speaking to us today. Hallelujah. He's all up in this house. He's all up in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I give God thanks for this church. I know those who are coming in. You can take your rightful places. Don't lose your praise. Just I'm just switching right now, but I feel excited in here. Not only just in the natural, but also in the spiritual saints of God. Listen, I got one more week until my wife is back. That's a natural excitement, all right? But in the spirit, God is doing something here at Christ Center Church. Can I just have everyone stand to your feet and shout hallelujah in this house? Yes, Lord, he's doing something marvelous in this place. And I want you to know that you're a part of the greatest revival that's going to happen in your life and in your family's life. It's happening right now. And I know God is going to bless us today in that spirit of worship. Keep standing because we're going to give unto the Lord. We've got to remember, we didn't mention this at the, our first uh, part of our service. Please remember Brother Chuby and his family in prayer. Please remember Brother Truby, he's a faithful member of the church. Please remember him and his family. And I want you to continue to remember for everyone else who are not present. It's offering time. Let your church say, it's offering time. We're going to give a great offering today. Is that right? All right. We're going to give a great offering today. Is that right? Amen. Let's pray. I know those who are, I'm going to give some time. Those who are coming and coming, coming. You're missing the greatest moment that you will ever experience. Come on. You're in the part of an apostolic body where we are all one accord and all together. We need to know that God is going to move in this place. And we want you to be a part of it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Let's pray unto the Lord. If we all can stand. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, you're all up in this place. And we acknowledge you as Lord and King over this place. We pray that, God, you will bless us, those who are, are obligated to give. We pray that you will give them the heart and the spirit to give abundantly today. I pray that, God, everything that needs to be done in this church to advance your kingdom, let it be done in this offering, let it be done in this period of time, and we are experiencing growth. We're experiencing God, God moving in this atmosphere. We pray for everyone who is here. If they're not well, I pray that you touch them. Send a miracle down their row, around their family's life, and I pray that God, a word will be spoken in their heart, that they may be blessed, and they may believe, knowing that God, you spoke to them, and they will yet do what you have said for them to do. We ask some hundred, some sixty, some thirty-fold blessing on your people. 
people in Jesus' name. Amen. Please follow the ushers. They're indicated in the front. They'll lead you. And those who are serving in the back, please follow the instructions. That's Sister Hydea and Sister Crystal in the back. Those who are wanting to give electronically. God bless you in Jesus' name. transition we want God just to have his way in here amen amen hallelujah Jesus we bless your name Bless your name, Jesus. Can we lift it up in this place? There is only one name. There is only one
If you believe that in this place, why don't we just lift our hands and worship him? We want his atmosphere just to dwell in this, in this place. We want his glory to fall. Atmosphere shift in the room. Atmosphere shift in the room. We want the chains to break. Let your glory fall in the room, Jesus.
as soon as I began to listen to this song, they started singing this song. The Lord reminded me when this song meant something to me. And it was late March of 2020. I remember so clearly because we were having church a different way. I started selecting the music that we would play before I would preach. And I remember COVID was just rampant. All we heard about was death, death, death. Nobody knew what would happen. Nobody understood what was going on. Government didn't know what to do. We didn't know we were going to die. And this song meant everything to me. Our God, he's champion. He reigns. Not just today. Not just last week or last year or ten years ago. But he reigns forever. 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 We can't forget what God has already done. And sometimes we get concerned with what's going on now, but we got to remember what he's already done to say, God, there is nothing too hard for you. And I thank God for that. Church, there's nothing too hard. There is no situation that you are going through. There is nothing that... That, that you need that God can't exceed. I, I, I'm not even talking about meeting your need. I'm talking about exceeding your need. The Bible says he does exceeding and abundant above whatever we could ask or even think. He doesn't just meet your need. He exceeds your need. Our God is champion. Don't forget it. A lot of times we're worried about what's going to happen, how the situation is going to turn out. But I'm here to tell you, our God is a champion. He's not like any other champion. There in, in sports, you know, there's a new champion every year, and sometimes there could be repeat. The most that there ever been is a three-peat. But you never see champions remain forever. Our God, forever. He's champion forever. He cannot be taken out of that seat of being champion. So I want you to be encouraged this morning to know God is with us and he loves us and he's going to do whatever needs to be done. The only thing I don't want you to do is you decide how you think he's going to work it because that's probably the tiny bit of slip up that we have is we know he will do it, but we try to anticipate how he will do it. Leave that part to him. Leave that part to him. Let him do what he does. Don't try to anticipate because you can take yourself out of what he wants to do. So just trust God. He's champion. It's good to see everybody this morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. Last week um, I was away and um, I, I, I say I'm getting older um, when for I think it's the past four years my wife and I would go away to this place in California and for our anniversary. And so we go for our anniversary for the past four years and we hang out. And we have this restaurant that we really like and we go and we hang out. But I find myself bringing a, along the kids and the grandkids. I'm like, what in the world is going on? It's our anniversary. 
Why am I bringing the kids and the grandkids? But I'm always so very blessed and so thankful to have lived to come to the, the place where I can spend time with my kids and even some of them that are grown and my grandkids and just be able to sit around and say, man, God, you bless me. I'm so grateful to enjoy this time in life because um, some of you may have anticipated those kind of things. But being a grandfather, being a father that's raised in adults and, and adult children and they're still in your life and you still have a relationship, great relationship, it is a blessing and I thank God for it because it's only but the goodness of God. Because if I wasn't in church, I don't know how that part would be working. <laughs> Just tell you the truth. So I thank God for his goodness. We were treated really good on our anniversary night. We went to a really nice restaurant. They were good to us. And just I can't help myself. Everything that I am and think, I'm almost always thinking about, you know, how it is um, for us as the church. And these people were so nice to us. They remembered our anniversary and treated us really special. And I said, man, I know I'm spending money, but they don't have to do it because um, you all go to the supermarket now. And remember, some of you don't know this, but long time ago, there was no self-checkout. And so when you go to the supermarket, you just have to wait in line until your turn came. No self-checkout. Well, they claim they got smarter, and they have self-checkout. And I have said in my mind that I don't really want to use self-checkout because they're not giving me any discount for me to check my own stuff out. So I still go to the regular line. Because they want me to check myself out. They're not giving me any discount. They're not paying me. They go with less um, people that they got to pay. And so they get the benefit. We get nothing. And we're like, yay, self-checkout. It's out of world work and we just don't even realize it. But it's when God says he has given us understanding and, and we are now in the light. I'm telling you, there's a lot of ways we're in the light. You get to see things for what it really is. And you don't allow yourself to be deceived in how the world is operating to try to trick us. But that's another story. After service today and even as you pass by, um, Brother Tom is in the back. And we are promoting what we've been doing in this church for a very long time. Um, CSTI, Christian Service Training Institute. It's, it's, it's an online or if you were in California, it can, it can be in person, but it's a Bible college. And I don't want you to get intimidated by that word Bible college um, because it's, it's, it's great learning and teaching in the Word of God. And you can learn it virtually, which is what we have been doing for many years now in this church. We do it on Sundays from 3 to 6. We do four classes each, um, each time we get together on a Sunday from 3 to 6. And it is a tremendous tool for you to grow in God, to learn the word of God. It's $125 per trimester. And each trimester is just like school. You start in September, then it ends in December, pick back up December, and go till March. And I think from March till, um, till June. And so you're off the whole summer. Um, so you might end up spending 375 or something like that. Uh, for the whole time, but to learn the Word of God, it is tremendous. You get a degree after you're done, but I don't want you to be intimidated and think you got to know the Word of God. It, you get handout, you get instructors to kind of run you through what's going on, 
I'm one of the instructors. You get to fill out your sheet, and then at the end of every trimester, you get to take an exam. I encourage you, if you have not been a part of CSTI, to get involved and start learning the Word of God. Because just coming to church on Sundays, um, doing Bible study on Wednesdays, for some of us that do show up for Bible study, it's not enough to really learn the Word of God. And if we don't become intentional, we will not see ourselves grow in the Word of God. I grew in the Word of God because a long time ago, uh, we had a lot of church services. We were always in church. We were in church five to six times a week. So I had enough time to grow in the word of God. I'm not sure how people are growing in the word of God now. And because I know how we do in the world um, now with social media, we like quick hits. So between quick hits and not enough time spending among the people of God, I don't know how we're efficient and we are, you know, knowledgeable in the word of God anymore. I know we're taking clips off of, you know, online and all that, but that's not enough for you to learn the word of God. Somebody else's good thought is not your own. Somebody else's good idea is not your own. You need to learn the word of God for yourself. And so I recommend CSTI. Brother Tom will be in the back. Please see him and sign up. Um, We have to have a certain amount of people sign up. Class begins September the 10th. So we don't have a lot of time, and that's why we're pushing this forward today because we want to promote it so we will have enough time to get you signed up and get class ready for September the 10th. CSTI, wonderful, wonderful tool to grow in the Lord. Amen. If you will stand with me and turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 19, that would be wonderful. Again, it's good to see all of you. I greet you. In the wonderful name of Jesus, Brother Sharp, Sister Sharp, we missed you all. It's so good to see you. Thought about you a lot, prayed for you a lot. Know you suffered loss there, and it's always a challenge. But we kept you in our prayers, and we love you, and it's good to see you. Brother Kellerman, Sister Kellerman, we missed you all. Good to see you all back in the house of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I appreciate having these folks in my life, a part of this church. And I was just bragging on y'all just the other night, um, Friday night, I was preaching to young person. I wasn't preaching. I was just talking to them. And I was talking to them about some things. And I told them, I said, there are people in our congregation that's much older than me, and they wouldn't be here if I wasn't preaching the word of God. So I was trying to tell the young people, you have to live a certain godly lifestyle and preach the word if you're going to impact people. Because people know, they will follow you when they see example and when you preach the word. But if you just, you know, have some good things to say and, you know, just these quick hits, they won't follow. They will just, you know, okay. And so I thought about just many of you, Mama Allen, and so many of you that's been around and strong Christian people that are a part of this church. Thank you for being a part of this church and for supporting this church. And um, we're grateful. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 19. Amen. The word of God says, now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building Fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built 
together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the assembling of the body of Christ for everyone that have come today. Lord Jesus, we're totally dependent upon you. For if you don't move and you don't work, Lord, we have nothing. If you don't speak to us, Lord, we know nothing. And so, Lord, we ask that your word will project into our heart. We ask that your word will consume us in our thinking. We ask, almighty God, that you will do a great work in the midst of this congregation. Lord, we open our heart to say, speak, Lord, for thy servant here, and we will do whatever you speak to us undoing, Lord. I pray, Father, that somebody will be blessed and encouraged, and that somebody will leave this place, Lord God, different, determined, and going forward to do thy will, Lord. Help this church, Lord God, to come up another level and to be who you've called us to be, to go and do what you want us to do. Lord. Equip us, strengthen us, Lord God, and let your spirit have preeminence in our hearts and in this service. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I have entitled today this message, We Are the Church, Not Churchgoers. We Are the Church. Not church goers. Mm-hmm. 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 Lately, I've been saying to myself, I feel very challenged. And I've been asking for prayer. I feel very challenged because when you know that you're telling someone or you're telling others the truth and the right thing, and you don't see a lot of responses to do what you're saying, it becomes a challenge. Now, the good news is I know God called me to do this, and I know what I'm saying is God's word and not my word, so I keep doing it, and I keep trusting God to do what only he can do, which is to work in all of our hearts. But from a human perspective, it's a challenge. But nevertheless, I know God called me to do this, and I will continue to do this. But I'm going to challenge you today, and I will speak from this topic, We are the church, not churchgoers. According to the general social survey, 27% of Americans qualify as regular churchgoers. 27%. The same survey says 34% of Americans say they have never attended church or a religious service. However, according to Pew Research, 64% of Americans call themselves Christians. Now, if you were listening, you will realize something is not adding up. Because if you see all those percentages right there, you will know the percentages, they're off. 27, 34, 64. That's, I think that's probably about 125%. And you can only get 100% of anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If it's whole. And so we may not have the numbers exactly right according to these surveys. 
But we can rightly assume that a high percentage of Americans are not considered to be a part of the church. Because being a part of the church is more than being a churchgoer and more than just saying that I'm a Christian. There are people who have been baptized in the name of Jesus, even received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but are still just churchgoers. Let me say this up front. There is absolutely nothing wrong with going to church if you're not a part of the church. But at some point, somebody say at some point, at some point we must become a part of the church. We all have to go to church to become a part of the church. None of us got saved. None of us became a part of the church by staying away from the church. We came to the church and so we had the opportunity to be saved. And that's how we became a part of the church. So there's nothing wrong with going to church. But God didn't call us just to go to church. The Lord Jesus didn't call us to be churchgoers. He called us to be the church. He called us to be a part of what he's building. He called us to be a part of the church. He said in Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against, not the churchgoers. If you feel like hell is prevailing against you, become a part of the church, and hell will cease to prevail against you. Sometimes we're walking around and wondering, why can't I overcome this thing? Why can't I have this situation handled? Why am I not able to deal? But I'm here to tell you, you got to first ask yourself, am I the church or am I just a churchgoer? If I'm a church, if I'm a churchgoer, maybe there's some things that's getting the best of me that should not get the best of me. Can I tell you this? As the church, when things are going on, you heard me just said that our God is champion. He reigns forever. He's unstoppable. He's indestructible. There's nothing he can't do. The gates of hell cannot prevail against him nor against his church. So we know that. So if something is wrong and we're a part of the church, we've just got to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. If we're a part of the church, it doesn't matter what comes against us. God is for us. And when God is for us, who can be against us? Come on, somebody, give the Lord some praise. We ought to thank God because he's for us. He's for us. He's not against us. And nothing will be able to destroy us. But we just need to make sure we're part of the church. That's all. It's it's not hard. It's not big. We just got to make sure we're part of the church. That's all. The church 
watch this, is a group or assembly of persons called together for a particular purpose. You hear me? The church is an organism that functions as a body. Now, you've heard that before, that the church is an organism. But let me tell you what an organism is. An organism is a form of life composed of mutually interdependent parts that maintain various vital processes. It is a whole with interdependent parts likened to a living being. The church is made up of individuals like us, but the church is not separate. It is one, just like a husband and wife is one, but two individuals, so is the church. The church is one. The church is not separate. We don't get to do whatever we want. We get to move together. We get to go together. We get to work together. We get to be together. I've said this, you know, slip this in. As I was growing up, before I was in church, and even after I got in church, I used to say, you need to be a certain age to get married. And I used to think the best age to get married, guy should be about 35, and the lady should be about 30. I always felt that way. That was my thinking because I figure by then you'll graduate school, by then, you know, you should be on your way in your career, and by then you will be ready to be responsible to have children and all that stuff. So I've always felt that way. And then I started growing in God, and I realized I said, nonsense. Because, this is what, this is my revelation God gave me, because the church and the marriage is the same, if you can get married as quick as you can as a saved individual, you will have greater understanding of marriage and the church. Yep. Some of us still running around with the worldly mentality. No, you can't get married that young. It all depends. If you don't want to be saved, then you're going to have a different perspective. But if you want to live for God, you will see that being married, yeah, I'm not talking about the ups and downs. I don't care what age you are. As a matter of fact, you're ready for you you're ready you're ready for the other you're ready for the other thing that you probably don't realize. It's best to get married when you're young because you're flexible still. When you get married when you're old, no negotiation. I am who I am. Do you know who I am? I accomplished this for you got here, girl. Do you know what I can do? You ain't going to come in here and tell me what to do. I already got my house. You ain't got to tell me how to get no house. Ain't no changing going on. You either acquiesce to me or we ain't going to be all, you know, chummy like that. So y'all think waiting until a long time to get married is best when you accomplish things. It's harder. 
But when you're young, you might have your fussing and fighting, your disagreement, but you learn each other and you begin to grow together and you become one and see it the same way and go in the same direction. Well, that's the church. We will come together and we might have some disagreements and we might feel like we're not seeing eye to eye. But if we just keep going, trust God, obey his word, we will become one as the church. Yes, indeed. So don't let nobody tell you you got to be a certain age to get married. Not if you want to know who Jesus is. Not if you're trying to live for God. You'll learn some things, boy, when you're young and in your marriage. The church, listen to me, is constructed with all who recognized that Jesus Christ is Almighty God manifest as man. It's made up of those who understand That Christ, who is God in the flesh, gave his life as a ransom for our salvation. And when you realize that, then you repent of your sins. You get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. God will fill you with his spirit. And guess what? He will fitly frame you together as one with the other believers. Not by yourself. You don't get saved and then walk off by yourself. Can you imagine? Ladies, check this out. You walked around for nine months. Big belly. You deliver. And as soon as you deliver, you say, whoo, man, that was tough nine months. I'm good now. And then you leave the baby. What do you think is going to happen to that baby? What, what's going to happen to the baby? Well, that's what a lot of people do. They come to church. They come to church. They were churchgoers. They came to the church, and they get baptized in Jesus' name. <laughs> God even fills some of them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they decide, well, I've done it, and we don't see you a whole lot. Well, you're like that baby that was given birth to, and nobody's taking care of you. How are you going to develop? Mm-hmm. 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 In Acts chapter 2, verse 44 through 47, it says, And all that believed were together. Like right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we can still be together even when we're not together. But we'll get to that. And all that believed were together and had all things common. As the people of God, as the church, were supposed to have all things. That's what make us one, because we have all things in common. And so even when we're different personalities, even when we have different upbringings, we get into the church and we only see it the way the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to see it. So we have all things common now. That's how the early church was. And guess what they did? Y'all ain't going to do this, but they did this. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, as every man had need. You know what it means? Everybody brought everything that they own. And they brought it together. We flipped it in some money. And then we made sure nobody was lacking anything. So everybody was good. 
Nobody was worried about this. And nobody was walking around acting like they were superior because their house was bigger. Acting like they were superior because their car is nicer. Acting like they were superior because they had more stuff that they own than the other person. Nobody did that. So a little, let me just give you a little insight. Just live off the necessity and not in abundance. You want to be a good Christian? Don't try to live in abundance. You try to live in abundance, that world going to have you up and down, coming and going. And you're going to wonder, why can't I have my mind right? Why can't I do what God wants me to do? Because we're trying to get abundance. Some of y'all have heard my story before. But I, I was living in abundance before I got saved. Three jobs. And I wanted to be a part of the church. But to be a part of the church, three jobs wasn't going to cut it. Because three jobs would keep me away. I went to one job. That was almost, that's 27 years ago. The one job that I went to was paying me the least amount of money that I was making out of the three jobs. But you know that one job that I'm talking about? I'm still working that one job today. I've been promoted probably about, I don't know, five or six times. I can't even tell you how much the money, I can't even call the money double. The money has multiplied so much that I'm just like, my goodness. So I know in the natural that don't make sense. Because in order for us to get somewhere, we got to do as much as we can to make as much money as we can because we got to take care of our families. (laughs) Y'all thought this is the Nicola Wyatt. She's seen it close up with her own eyes. <laughs> we, we, we battle and tell people we ain't got nothing, but they don't want to believe us. No, nah, I know y'all say y'all don't got nothing, but we see what y'all doing, and they just not realize this goodness of the Lord. Don't have nothing to do with what we got. Have to do with the goodness of the Lord. Because what don't make sense to us is what God does, and that's what makes sense. But we can't begin to chase abundance. Not if we're going to be the church. Because if you're chasing abundance, you can't be a part of the church. You won't be present where you need to be when the church gathered together. You won't be present because you got to have abundance. If you will trust God, okay, let me tell you how much trust God. The job that I had to stick with that I'm still working today, at that time in 1996, $7.25 an hour. I went to my boss and said, yo. You can't give me like a dollar raise. Eventually, I think I got to $8.25. I ain't going to tell you how much I'm making now because you be like, that's impossible. That's impossible. But I will tell you this, that same job, I'm making six figures on that same job right now. Now think about that, $7.25, six figures. That ain't possible. But with God, y'all some good Christians. With God, all things are possible. But we got to become the church. We got to make sure church is priority is to who we are. They sold and made sure everybody was good. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with single with gladness and singleness of heart. Watch this. And praising God. 
We ought to praise God. Tell your neighbor, we ought to praise God. And having favor with all the people and the Lord added. The Lord added to the church daily. If we want to see what God wants to do, we have to be the church. We can't be churchgoers. We got to be the church and we will see God do some great things. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 18, the scripture says, But now had God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it had pleased him. He's building the church. And he's setting the people in the church as it pleased him. Can you imagine we just feel like we got to do what we want? And God is saying, can I tell you this? Here's where we're challenged. Our world, especially in America, North America, is a democracy. It means the people got a lot of say-so. And we talk about China says, man, communists. And then we talk about some other places, how they operate, and maybe rightfully so. But everything in this, in this life, in this world, have his negative. In the kingdom of God, in the church, it's not a democracy. It's a theocracy. You know what that means? It means God rules and nobody else does. That's what it means in the church. So we have to make the decision to say, if I, if I become a part of the church, God will have rule over my life and I no longer run my life. Think about that one. I don't get to decide what I want to do. God gets to decide what I do. Let me help you. Let me help you because that's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. I watch my kid, my children's life, and it's supposed to be this way. By the way, my pet, my grandpet, my grandma, my mom is here, so I gotta let them know it's supposed to be this way, so they don't feel no kind of way. My kids are living a life that I'm like, man, I wish I had that life. I, I didn't have that life. Now, I had a good life. I didn't have no problems in my life. I'm just saying my kids are living a life that I'm like, man, give me that life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, these kids were traveling before they was two. Give me that life. You see what I'm saying? Why am I telling you that? Because we will do the best we can to help our children have a better life than we have. That's what we're all striving for. Any decent parent, that's what we're all striving for. So why won't you trust God to rule in your life? Why won't you trust God to rule in your life? Why when we say God wants to have complete authority and rulership, why when, when I say that, we cringe? If you that are unrighteous, me, and all of us that are unrighteous know how to give good gifts to our children. How much more, Brother Kellerman, you know the scripture. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to you? You don't have to worry about what God will do. Just say, God, you have the rule in my life. God, you can do whatever you want in my life. I will submit to you because I want you to reign and rule because you know how to give better gifts to me than I know how to give to myself. I know, a, I know a pastor down in Louisiana, Bossier City. We, we had went down there and had a good service with them. And they had invited us over to their house one night. And his son 
And even him, the pastor, kept saying, I don't want you to think that this house represents who we are. And so it was time for us to go to their house. And so we pull up, gated community. Gate got to go up. Ooh, all big houses. Pull up. He said, whoa. And so I said, okay. So the reason why he was saying that was because some people that were going to the church used to live in that house. And they were getting ready to move away. And they gave them the house. And so they're living in a house that they really can't afford. But when people see it, people think, oh, you're balling up. We can give good gifts to ourselves, but God can give us better gifts. That's the point. God can give us better gifts. We think that we can go work hard and we can go do this and do that to get what we got. And that's great. But God says, I can make you work less. And give you more. So don't you worry when I say that God says, give me all your heart. Serve me with everything you've got. Surrender to me. Let me have rule over you. Don't worry about it because God can take care of you better than you can take care of yourself. He surely can. He surely can. God will do you better than you can ever do to yourself. Even when we're in our right mind, even when we're smart and intelligent, we still can't take care of ourselves better than God can take care of us. God will do what we can never do. God can provide what we can never provide. I remember, I remember... I remember my wife and I, we got married, and um, I remember how we started out. I've always had this job, um, but $7.25 an hour. Um, she always worked, and uh, she was doing a little bit here and there, and she, she a hustler. She knew what to do. And I remember when she had got fired, well, laid off because she didn't do anything wrong. But McGraw-Hill was cutting back, and so boom. Um, she was laid off, and she said, we were in church at this time, she said, I'm going to get me a job by next week. And sure enough, by next week, Rutgers University called her for a job that she had applied for. Somebody told her about it, Rutgers called her, and boom, before you know it, she's working at Rutgers University. I say that to say this. At first, it was just a job. But later, we come to understand that our children can go to Rutgers and have a free education. I'm just trying to explain to you how God operates. Now, for, for the upbringing we had, how in the world we have a situation where our children can go get a free education? We couldn't have done that on our own. We would be paying, my wife know how much it costs a year for Rutgers. I don't know. It probably costs 50 grand a year. And we would have to be trying to shell out 50 grand two times. That, that's 400000 and believe me, there are people in, in um, school debt for half a million dollars, for $250,000, because that's just how it go with education. Here we are. Nobody, that's just special. You know what I mean? And we have an opportunity to send our children for free to Rutgers University. What am I trying to get across to you? 
that when you become the church and let God be in control of everything about your life, he will do it better for you than you can ever do for yourself. You cannot outdo God. You cannot outprovide God. The Bible says he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. And if you need provision today, God will provide exceeding and abundant. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. The church, the Lord Jesus is building, is a worshiping church. The church, the Lord Jesus is building, is a praying church. The church, the Lord Jesus is building, is a church of faith. The church, the Lord Jesus is building, is a church that will uphold his word. The church that the Lord is building is a church of people fellowshipping together. The church that God is building is a church that cares. The church that he's building is a church that is unified. Together, together, I'm preaching to you today that we are the church, not churchgoers, because the world has made us so independent that we are doing everything we can to be isolated, and we don't even realize that the world is isolating us. How quickly did we forget that during COVID, we were miserable being isolated How quick did we forget that, that we were miserable. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. We were apart. We couldn't worship together. And now we're still just in that mode of just kind of, I'll get there if I can. I'll come together with the body whenever I can. When God is saying, come on, I need my church to be together. I'm building a church that is unified. I'm building a church that's together. I'm building a church that cares for each other. I'm building a church that fellowship, that comes together and conversate and learn each other and support one another and encourage one another. That's the church I'm building, and we can't negate or neglect that because God can do more for us than we can do for ourselves. Don't forget that. God can do more for us than we can for ourselves. And we're busy chasing what we can achieve. And God is saying, why are you wasting your time trying to achieve that kind of stuff when I can give you more than that if you would just trust me and stick with me and be a part of my church? As part of the church, we have become new creatures. Do you know that? The scripture scripture in our text Describe us as foreigners and aliens before we are born again and, and become a part of the church. But when we are born again and we become a part of the church, the scripture says we are new creatures. If I could tell you this, this is something to think about. Ask yourself if you're born again. Have you noticed that you have become a new creature? If you have been born again, ask yourself, can you say to yourself you're brand new or can you just say, well, I changed a little? Or did you become brand new? Watch this. Christians are brand new people. The Holy Spirit gives us new life. 
and we are not the same anymore. Christians are not reformed, rehabilitated, or re-educated. We are recreated, a new creature living in vital union with Jesus Christ. We're not, we're, we're not re-educated. We're, we're not just changed. We're supposed to be new creatures. So ask yourself, have I become a new creature since I was born again? As the church, God dwells in us, not in the brick and mortar. As the church, God dwells in the church, not in the brick and mortar. Now, can I say this? Just for those of you that know the Bible and have some understanding of God. Everything consists in God, which means his presence is everywhere. So I'm not telling you God's presence is not everywhere. What I'm telling you is he dwells in his church. His church is not a brick and mortar. His church is not this building. As much as we put effort into getting this building, this church building is not where God is and where he desires to be. Watch this. In the book of Genesis, God walked with his people. But in Exodus, he decided to dwell with his people. So he dwelt with his people in the tabernacle until Israel's sins caused the glory to depart. God has always wanted to dwell in us. But he does it a little bit at a time. Principle, principle, principle. There's a principle there that whatever God will do in your life, he doesn't do it all at once. Principle, God is doing things and we don't understand where he's taking us. And so God always wanted to dwell in his church. But he introduced little at a time to us. But here is the issue. Every time he attempts to do what he wants to do in us, we push him away. We always push God away. We tell him to come back when we need him. But while we think we're okay, we push him away. And so, because of Israel's sin, the glory departed. His presence that came among them while they were in the temple, it, it just went away. Because God will not tabernacle, dwell where sin and evil is. Another revelation. So wondering why our world is going through what it's going through? Because we're doing what we want. And God says, hands off. Hands off. And y'all and y'all want God is, God, why don't you do something? He says, no. Because all we have to do is obey him. But we decide we want to do what we want. And he says, hands off. And so when God's presence is not in something, that something will be consumed, that something will be corrupt, that something will be destroyed. Because God's presence is what preserves things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so because of Israel's sin, the glory departed. Then God dwelt in the temple, but again Israel sinned and the glory departed. Watch this. He then came and dwelt with us in flesh as the man Jesus Christ. 
we crucified. Just watch all these efforts. Watch all the effort from the garden. All the effort. He created Adam and Eve, gave them everything they needed, and said, just that one thing, don't mess with that. Messed up. Then he walking with all these prophets, Abraham and Isaac, he walking with them. Then they decide, eh, I can walk on my own. Then he tell them to build me a temple a temple and a tabernacle where I can come in, my presence can come in, and you all can experience my presence and, and just experience that sweet communion with me. We sin, his presence leave. He says, all right, let me do something great. I'm God, I'm spirit, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to become man so you can see me and you can experience my presence in the flesh. He came, and we called him all kind of names. And hung him on a tree. He's been doing this, trying to get at us for the longest. But the last thing he did, and this is the final thing he's doing. On the day of Pentecost, he established his church. And he says, this is the final thing I'm doing. I've given you all all the chances. But here is the final thing I'm going to do. I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my church, and my church will be a spiritual building. My church will not be a brick and mortar. My church will not be a house. My church will be a spiritual building, which consists of spiritual people. And so that's why on the day of Pentecost, when they were in one accord, one place, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled the house where they were sitting. <laughs> and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon them. And they began to speak with other tongues. This was the first time God says, no more temple, no more this, no more that, no more among you. I'm going to dwell in you because you are the church. That's what I was after from the very beginning was to be in you. That's who we're supposed to be is the church because that's where God wants to be. God wants to be in the church. God is in the church. And if we become a part of the church, God will be in us. It is a privilege to be a part of the church. Mm -hmm. It is a privilege to be a part of the church. It is a privilege and an honor to be a part of the church. We are not entitled, nor do we have the right to be a part of the church. It is all because of the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ that we are a part of the church. Therefore, we must be the church. We must not be anything else but to be the church. We can't cease to give God reverence. We can't cease to praise and worship God to appreciate him because he didn't have to, but he did it anyhow. He didn't have to dwell in the church, but he did anyhow. He didn't have to give us all the chances he has given us, but he did anyhow. But we got to stop taking it for granted. We got to stop taking for granted what God is doing for us. We got to stop taking for granted what God has given us. We are the church, not churchgoers. 
Not people that say we're Christians. Because a lot of people say they're Christians, but that's only in word. <laughs> My pastor always used to say, he was at the youth service Friday night. He always used to say, because you go into a barn, that doesn't make you a horse. <laughs> Old school stuff, right? He said, going into a barn don't make you a horse. So just saying we're Christians or going to church don't make us the church. We are the church. We're supposed to be the church, not churchgoers. We are the body of Christ and he dwells in us. We are God's habitation is what the scripture says. We are his habitation. What does that mean? It means that God inhabits us. He habitates in us. His presence is with us. His presence is in us. If you are the church, God's presence is in you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen. Will this work out or will I be kept? God's presence in you is enough. It's enough. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about it. He said, Upon this rock, I will build my church. Uh huh. Upon this rock, I will build my church. <laughs> he is also the chief cornerstone. <laughs> the cornerstone is used to unite two intersecting walls. A cornerstone helps align the whole building and tie it together. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone and the architect of the church. We can't be a part of the church without being in total submission to him. By the words of the prophet and the apostles is how the foundation is built upon. So can I help you today in case you don't understand this? Foundation is necessary to build any structure. You can't build any structure that's going to last without foundation. So Jesus Christ is the foundation of the church. Then Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone of the church, meaning he fitly tie everything together up top. The middle is remaining. The middle is where he says, and built upon the foundation of the prophets and apostles. What that means is we today, what we are built by or upon is according to the word spoken by the prophet or the word spoken by the apostles. So Jesus have the bottom covered, because he's the foundation, so you don't have to build no other foundation. You don't have to worry about how to get it started. It's already started. You don't have to worry about how it all connects together. He got that together. All we have to do is be the other parts of the building and fill it in so we can be that spiritual building that he made us to be. And so, I'm finishing up here. The spiritual building that the Lord is building consists of spiritual individuals. Some may say, well, how does that work? Well, here's how it works. Some of us as people may be the stones that's necessary to build the building. Some of us may be the mortar. Some of us may be the timber, the wood. Perhaps some of us may be the nails. But all these material serve as part of the building. All are necessary for the building to be completed. 
God is so good that he is constructing, building a church that cannot be completed without you. What a privilege. What an honor to know that God has decided to build a building that only can be completed when we respond in obedience to what he wants to do. That's how the building gets completed. And you want to hear something interesting? That's one of the reasons why he hasn't come back yet. Jesus is coming back. And all this stuff is going to end. And all the things that you know how it is is not going to be like that anymore. But the problem is the church is not completed yet. The church is not completed yet. And so he's waiting. He's not waiting, but he's working in completing his church. And as soon as his church is completed, you will see the return of the Lord. And you either part of the church or you're not. And the only time you will be able to be received by him is if you are a part of the church. We don't get to choose what materials we are and how we're used to build the building, the spiritual building. What we are certain we will be used as the habitation of the Lord Jesus, his spirit. So we don't get to choose how the building will be built. But what we know we will be used for is to inhabit his presence. Inhabit his presence. What a glorious, glorious privilege it is to say, man, God, you're using us to build your church and we get to inhabit your presence. Oh, your presence, Lord. Your presence in us, Lord God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When the presence of the Lord is in us, nothing can stop us. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that the Lord will allow Satan to defeat you when you have his spirit in you? Can you imagine that? You think God is going to allow that? You think God will allow anything to defeat you when you have God in you? That's offensive to God. That's offensive to him. He will never allow Satan to get the best of you when he's in you. Get God in you. Get God in you because you won't have to worry about the ship no matter what kind of storm you're going through, no matter what kind of situation you're dealing with, no matter how hard your circumstances are. If God is in you, if you are inhabiting God's presence, you don't have to worry about a thing. You don't have to worry about what will happen because God will sustain you and see you through. God will. God will. God will. Tell somebody, God will. God will sustain you. God will keep you. God will keep you. i finish up here. Let's stand. I'm going to finish right here. It is, look at 1 Peter 2 and 5. This is my final text here. Let me share this as I close here. In 1 Peter 2 and 5. It says this, the word of God connects because God knows what he's doing. God is not separated. In 1 Peter 2 and 5, the word of God says, ye also 
as what? Lively stones. You didn't know you were a lively stone, huh? <laughs> Are built upon a spiritual. Now, y'all see, I wasn't just telling y'all stuff. Because sometimes I know I'm, I'm speaking and y'all might say, what is, where is he getting that from? <laughs> spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by the Lord Jesus Christ. So you think that God will allow the devil to defeat you when you're carrying around his presence? Ain't happening. It ain't happening. You don't have to worry about it. Just keep offering up spiritual sacrifices. Just keep offering up spiritual sacrifices because you cannot be defeated. This is why the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Because the church is God's spiritual building. The church is God's body. The church inhabits God's presence and it cannot be defeated. Watch how good God is to us. It is interesting from the text we read in some of the scriptures that we know to note that many of Christ's names in the singular are also assigned to Christians in the plural. Okay, watch it. Jesus Christ, son. Bible calls us sons of God. Jesus Christ, high priest. Royal priesthood. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, King of Kings, calls us kings. Jesus Christ, Lamb of God, we are the lambs. Jesus Christ, living stone, we, lively stone. Isn't that interesting? These stones are cut into shape. For building materials, not just boulders or field stones randomly gathered. We must each ask, am I willing to be shaped and used as a living stone for God's purposes? God called us to be the church, not churchgoers. Again, I will say this. We all have to go to church before we can become the church. So if you're not a part of the church yet, it's okay to be a churchgoer. But you need to ask yourself, when does it change from churchgoer to church? When do I change from being a churchgoer to being the church? That's what God is asking today. That's what he's asking today. Do I, when do I stop being a churchgoer? When do I stop just showing up where the church is and become the church? That's what he's asking this morning. And that's what we got to ask ourselves. It's interesting that God has to move on us or become so passionate in how he conveys his word to us just so he can bless us. God wants to bless us, but it seems like he got to twist our arms to bless us. Become a part of my church. And we're still, well, I'm not ready yet. Can you imagine? We are not in a good place when God is calling us 
to become a part of his church, and we said we're not ready yet. I've gone through all of this preaching today and all of this teaching to show you that God will do you better than you can do yourself, and you're not ready yet. How does that work? How does that work? But I guarantee you, if you heard that they was giving away some food somewhere that you like or some money somewhere, you'll be ready, even if you're not ready. For some of us, if you had to do uncompromising or compromising things to get a promotion on your job, you would. For some of us to do some crazy things to get a job, we would. But Jesus is saying, come and be a part of my church. And we hesitate. When all he wants to do is bless us. When all he wants to do is make us indestructible. When all he wants to do is make sure the gates of hell doesn't prevail against us. That's all he wants to do. He don't want to hurt us. He don't want us to, you know, feel like, you know, he doesn't love us. He's going to love us. We're going to know that we're loved. He's going to provide for us. But how much more does he have to do to get us to become a part of the church? Are we just going to continue to be churchgoers? Because to become a part of the church... We must surrender our life to Christ. We must say, God, not my will, but thy will. We must realize that when we become a part of the church, we don't get to choose when we show up with the body. Wherever and whenever the body shows up, that's when we show up. Those are some of the requirements. You cannot allow yourself to not understand that that's important. I am trying my best from what I know. I got to tell you, church, from what I know, I'm trying my best to help you. I'm trying my best to help you. I know what I know. And time and time again, I'm seeing it. I just shared with the leadership this morning. Time and time again, I see it, that I will speak the word of God because it's not my word. I will speak the word of God and tell you what's getting ready to happen and tell you what God is doing. And you will say, yeah, preacher, true, yeah, but you won't do anything about it. And then all of a sudden, God does it, and we're scrambling. That's just hard because I love you. I love you. I know it's hard to understand because every time somebody tells us they love us, there's always some strings attached. Well, I love you and I ain't no strings attached. And I know that's hard for us to embrace because everybody that loves us, there's always something, some string. Well, if you love me, so-and-so. If you love, but, but trust me, when you get transformed by the power of God, you will realize that there's real, true love where someone will have my best interest at hand and they don't want nothing in return. I don't want anything in return. I want to please Jesus. That's all I want to do is please Jesus. And that's why I'm begging like I'm crazy for you to say, I want to be a part of the church because I just want you to be happy. I just want to make sure I'm doing what he wants me to do. I have nothing else to gain from this. Nothing else to gain. God loves you, church. But he wants you to become a part of the church because guess what? Let me talk to you real quick. I got done preaching. Let me just say this to you. I shared this. I got to get out of me what I feel God is putting in me as much as I can. As the church, we're struggling and suffering from a lot of uh, mental uh, fortitude or, or being 
strong mentally and emotionally. Here's what has happened. And I don't know how we got here. Some of you might have followed it and realized it. But this is what I realized that it happened. When I got saved, um, 96, when I got saved, we were going as a church, we were coming together five to six times a week. Okay. From 96 to 2023, most churches are down to two services a week. And because of that, some people only come to one because they don't even be bothered with midweek. Here's what I've shared with the leadership. Right now, in present state, Wednesday night is Bible study. But here's what we do. We either getting off work late so we can't make it. We come and we're really not you know, in it because our minds are still at work and we're thinking about what we have to do when we get home and, you know, work tomorrow and school. So I don't know how much happens on Wednesday night when we come to Bible study. We need to come, but I don't know how much happens. Then Sunday morning, all of us come together, the church and folks that are family and friends that who wants to get saved and all of that, we come together. And most of the times the church service on Sunday morning will, it have twofold to reach the lost, to help people get saved, and to strengthen the, the church. However, the people that are supposed to be strengthened, they're trying to help the people that need to get saved. So where and when does the church get to get strong? Where? When? So our churches are weak. We're battling emotionally. We're battling mentally. We're weak because we don't have the time to get strong. Because throughout our week, we're working. Throughout our week, we don't have time to really have our own personal devotion because everything is in our mind. From the moment we wake up, we hit the ground running, doing stuff. So we're not doing anything throughout the week to strengthen us spiritually. So when do the church get strong spiritually? And because the church is kind of weak at this moment, people aren't being saved because the church is not effective the way it needs to be because we don't have the time we're spending with God. That's what I see right now. It's clear as day to me. I'm sharing with you as best I can. It's so clear to me. And I'm asking the question, what are we doing? How are we going to make this work? That's, it's bothering me. I can't sleep at night. I can't sleep. I'm saying, God, what happened? How are we going to manage this? I don't know. I don't have the answer. That's what I'm praying about. Because we're not okay. We're not okay. We're showing up, but we're not okay. We can't just be churchgoers. We can't just show up. We've got to switch gears. Something has to happen where the church become the church and Christ is ruling and Christ is reigning in his church. He's in his church, but his church is not allowing him to work in them. We, we should come together and we should see miracles, signs and wonders. We should come together. People should be filled with the Holy Ghost. We should come together and we should see a mighty move of God. But because the church is tired and weary when we come together, God can't work through us. He can't work through us. So what are we going to do? So I'm, that's why I'm preaching to you this morning. We have to be the church. 
we can't be churchgoers. And we have to start finding the time to strengthen ourselves. We have to find the time to start walking with Christ like we need to walk with Christ. We have to find the time to study his word like we've never studied his word. We need to find the time to pray like we've never prayed because we've got to get strong. We've got to become what Christ says we ought to be. That's all I'm saying. So I don't know what you're going to do today. But I've shared what I feel God has put into my heart. If you are not a part of the church, you need to come and be a part of the church. If you are a part of the church, you need to get on your knees wherever you need to get on your knees and say, God, I heard that word and you are speaking to me. There's not one of us today that can walk out of here, including myself, and not say, God, you're speaking to me and I need to become the church. I need to get strong so I can be what you need me to be. God wants to work in you and through you. But if you're not strong like the church he wants you to be, he can't can't work through you the way. Can you imagine God giving us children and we don't have time to care for the children? Can you imagine God saving people and we're not attending to them because we're weary and we're weak and we're busy? Oh, God, help us. And so I ask you today, church, are we going to be the church? Are we going to be the church today and stop being churchgoers? Are we going to be the church today and no longer just show up and say, preacher, preach to me, and say, preacher, minister to me, preacher, encourage me, preacher, tell me a good word, preacher, I need to hear something I can take and go away from this place. I'm telling you, if we become the church, when you show up, you're showing up with strength. You're ready to do something. You're ready to worship God. You're ready to praise God. You're ready to run the aisle. You're ready to help somebody get saved. If we are the church... We're showing up on fire. We're not showing up telling the preacher to light us on fire. We show up on fire if we are the church because the Holy Ghost is fire. And fire should be shut up in us. Let that fire out. Let that fire out. You got the Holy Ghost? Let him out. You don't need anybody to pump you up. You are the church. Jesus Christ is building a church that you are a part of. Oh, God, we worship you. God, help us in this place. Oh, God, help us to be faithful. Help us, oh, God, to be the church. Help us, almighty God, to allow you to rule and to reign and to have preeminence and to work through us. God, we want to be strengthened. God, we want to be who you call us to be. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, have your way. Oh, God, help us today. Oh, God, help us. Hear our cry, Lord God. Oh, God, what we need, only you can do. What needs to happen, Lord, only you can make it happen, Lord. What needs to be done in our life, in our heart, in our mind, only you can do it, Lord. And if you don't do it, Lord, we are going to be lost. If you don't do it, Lord, we won't find our way. If you don't do it, Lord, we 
cannot be who you called us to be. Oh God, move on us, Lord God. I pray that somebody today will make up in their mind to become a part of the church. To come and say, I'm ready. I surrender. God, whatever you want me to do, I will do. God, whatever you want me to do, I will do. You are better to me than I can ever be to myself. You can give me better things than I can ever give myself. God, I surrender to you today. God, I humble myself before you today. God, I give myself to you today and say, have your way, have your way, have your way. Oh, God, save us. God, renew us in the spirit of our mind, Lord God. Renew us in the spirit of mind, Lord God, that we will not be the same, Lord God. That we will be strong in this hour. That we will be the church, Lord God. That we will be the people of your name. The people you've called to stand out in this world, Lord God. The people you've chosen as your very own to be your body. Oh, God, help us today. Oh, God, don't let us walk out of here today without your word. Without your word taking hold of us. Without us going forward to do the work. To be who you call us to be, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be your name, Jesus. God, have your way. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way, Lord God. As you move on our hearts, that we will choose your way. That we will choose your way, Lord God. And, oh God, we will not allow anything else to have precedent in our life more than you. That we will not allow anything else to be greater in our life than you. We are your building, your spiritual stones, your lively stones that you're using to build your spiritual building, the church, your body. Oh, here we are, Lord God. Use us as your will, Lord God. We give ourselves to you, Lord God. We give ourselves to you, Lord. We give ourselves to you, Lord. Oh,
For what, oh God, let's give God a hand praise for his word. God, I don't know what God is, but he's preparing a church without spot, without wrinkle, without any such thing, but he's preparing his church. Brick by brick, stone by stone. Hallelujah, Jesus. Great God that you are. In the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know what he's doing, but God is, he's, throughout this whole month, he's been talking about church. God is about to come back, amen? And he's preparing a church, Amen? And I have to be in the church when he comes back. Amen? So I give God praise for his word. I just want to be a part of the plan. Amen? In order to be part of the plan, in order to be part of the church, I have to be born again by the water and the spirit. If anybody has not been born again, listen, I don't want to be a church goer. Amen? I want to be in the church. But there's only one way to get in God's church. You have to be born again. Amen? By the water and the spirit. Amen? So if anyone, if you have never ever been born again, if anyone has never just took that that step of faith you just can't enter God's house anyway amen the Bible said there is only one door amen and that's through Jesus Christ but I have to be born again if anyone needs to be baptized we have towels we have water the water is ready the man of God is ready to baptize you that all your sins will be washed away. Amen? God is a holy house. He has a holy house. Amen? In order to go in God's house, I have to be clean. Do that make sense? So I have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all my sins. 
So if you need to be baptized, come forward. We have towels. We have robes. Listen, this is the best opportunity. If God says he's speaking to your heart, come. Amen? If you still undecided, you can always come. If you want a private baptism or so. But listen, if God has spoken to your heart, you have to obey. Amen? I just don't want to be a hearer. I want to be a doer of God's word. Amen? Amen? That's when change takes place. When I'm a hearer and I'm a doer as well. Amen? Amen. So we want to close. Let's bow our heads in dismissal. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you, God, for your word. What a great word, oh God. Father, don't let this fall on deaf ears. But Lord God, allow us, oh God, not to be hearers, but to be doers of your word. Allow this word, oh God, I pray, to penetrate in our hearts, oh God. That you, O oh God, will allow the church of the living God. That you will allow not us to be in the church, but we also, O oh God, we're in the church and the church in us. Father, do a mighty work in us, O oh God. Do a mighty work in our spirits, O oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, allow that word to permeate in our spirit. Allow us, Almighty God, I pray, transform our minds, transform our hearts, that we would be more like you. Father, Lord God, cover us, O God, until we meet again. Let the hands of the Lord God be upon us. Protect us. Guide us. Lead us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we bless you, God, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.